You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Tatted and torn Broken dreams all over the floor I can't fix my broken mind Can't find what I'm looking for What's up, everybody? This is Chris from Inc. 180. This is the Think 180 podcast. Joined as always by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, what's going on, everybody? That open was uh, my son's band. Little dad gratuitous promotion there. They're called Who Knows. They're uh, actually for anybody that's listening out in LA. All of our friends in LA will be out there the week of uh, the June 28th. They're playing at the Whiskey. If you want free tickets, give me a shout. Shoot me an email, Chris at Inc180.com. Um, but yeah, you got to promote your kids a little bit, right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Good to be back. We had a, a couple weeks off while I was recovering from this last surgery. Everything's good. I'm working. I'm healing. I'm happy. And I'm fat. And I'm trying to lose weight again. I'm back <laughs> in the gym. So it's all good. But uh, everything's going good. So thanks to everybody that's reached out and asked. And um, I'm doing great. Never better. I'm excited. It's it's uh, June. The sun's out. It's 80 degrees today. It's a good day to have a low rider out. We're going to get that out tonight. And going to do some tattoos today so it's good to be with everybody well, we got a lot to talk about as always i kind of always give this disclaimer that some of the things we're going to talk about are kind of heavy today so if you're listening with your kids you might want to listen first and then make a decision if it's appropriate for them later yeah i got some heavy topics here um the first thing i wanted to do is address a, a personal situation i um i am no longer at big life community church um i'm just that season just kind of ended. My my pastor and his wife, good friends of ours, um, left the church to go to an, serve at another church down in Tennessee, and you know we wish them well and everything. But it just kind of signaled a, an end of that season for us. And uh, so we're no longer at Big Life Community Church in Oswego. We're now at Alpine Chapel out in Lake Zurich, and I've had a relationship with them for the last uh, year or so, and just a fantastic church. So if you're in the northern suburbs looking for a church, come visit us at Alpine Chapel. On uh, They have services on Saturday and Sunday. We're there on Sundays. But uh, I just want to let people know, they're like, hey, I went to your church and you weren't there. I'm like, I don't go there anymore. Nope, all so, gone. <laughs> um, they're doing great things there and we wish them all well and, and uh, just wanted to put that out there. Uh, for people that are looking to to come to church with us. Speaking of church, we got some ugliness to talk about. And I, th- this is something I've I've posted some of these stories on the Inc. 180 Facebook page and my personal Facebook page. 
because it's getting ridiculous. Um, we've known about sex abuse in the church. The Catholic church has had a humongous problem with this. They've, um, in my opinion, I don't think they've done nearly enough to address this problem and stop it. No, not at all. Um, but I'm not Catholic, so I don't, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a mess. So every, every time it seems like every time we turn around, there's another sexual abuse, um, lawsuit in the Catholic mm-hmm. church and they're paying out money. And it's amazing that they have any money left right. after all this. But, um, there's three just this week that popped up that I, I wanted to kind of put a spotlight on. Um, the first one is a, uh, a mega church out in Southern California where I'm from. Uh, obviously no ties to this church, but the church is called La Luz del Mundo Church. Sorry, my Spanish is whack. I can I can speak about enough Spanish to, to uh, stop a fight or order a beer or find the bathroom. That's about it. Oh, man. that's a gringo level Spanish. Yeah, I'm straight wet, oh man. I, I, yeah, I drive a lowrider, but you know, that's about it, y'all. Um, but this pastor, or so-called pastor, his name was Joaquin Garcia. Uh, he's in jail now. He's been charged with uh, human traffic. Here, let me read it real quick. Um, Garcia and others associated with him faced charges of human trafficking, production of child pornography, forcible rape of a minor, among other felonies. Jeez, man. This guy is um, he's in jail right now on $50 million bail. I've never heard of a $50 million bail amount but good uh, I, don't, I don't see him posting that that's just insane yeah um and his the sick part of this is his church stands by him oh there you go they uh they they don't believe this although there's video and you know I, here's the deal guys <laughs> i'm not a lawyer i'm not a cop I'm not a prosecutor, but I know that when they put you in on $50 million bail and there's evidence of child pornography, there's a pretty good chance that you were in the child pornography. Exactly. Um, So odds are in that favor. Yeah. Not looking good uh, for him. And it's disgusting, man, because, you know, as a kid, you're you're kind of taught that the church is a safe place. Right. Oh, yeah. um, as a kid, I never looked at church and said, oh, man, I don't want to go there because something bad could happen to me. Um, you know, my mom's Catholic and I grew up in a Catholic family. I went to Catholic church as a kid. I, nothing ever happened to me. But, um, you know, it's we're hearing about this stuff all the time. Church is no longer a safe place. And I posted one of these stories and somebody posted something that was really sad, but really true. And it was saying how sexual abuse is alive and well in the church. And a lot of predators disguise themselves as religious figures um, so that they can get close to kids and these horrible, horrible things happen. Um, That was just one story. Another one. Pull this up here. I'm going to read this next one to you because, you know, every time you think it can't get worse, it, it does. Um, 74-year-old Catholic priest Frederick, and I'm going to butcher this last name, Lenchitsky, pled guilty to sexually assaulting two young boys in the early 1990s. Lenchitsky reportedly made the children dress up as the baby Jesus in meetings where he molested them. What? 
in the actual hell is going on. This is frightening. What's going on? Like, I can't even wrap my brain around that. Well, we can start with the fact that there's clearly a mental health issue. Oh, no question. No question. That's just messed up. I, it's like... I don't even try and wrap my head around this. It's that messed up and disgusting. Well, yeah. It, okay, so here's the thing. I, I want to first start off by saying I love my church, okay? I love, <laughs> love, love, love my church. I can't say enough good things about it. Right, right on. Um, my friend Brian, who we're going to talk about later in this, this little episode here, he loves Jesus, hates church. Mm-hmm. This, this kind of stuff is one of the reasons he hates church. He doesn't go to church unless he's speaking there. Right. He says, he says, I don't need a church to follow Jesus, which I do agree with. However, for me, it doesn't work. Like I need the community aspect of the church. Totally. Makes sense. But stories like this are turning people off to church in record numbers. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. This kind of stuff should not be happening anywhere especially in a church. Absolutely insane. Which leads me to the next story. Killing me today. Three Ohio, three Ohio pastors facing life in prison indicted, indicted for trafficking young girls for sex. So in Toledo, Ohio, three pastors, quote, pastors, were trafficking kids in their church for sex. And now they're facing life in prison. So here's, here's the interesting thing. Inc. 180 is a Christian organization. I'm a minister. People know that. Okay. Um, when I post these stories, I get a mixture of responses in the comment section. Okay. Which I just sit there and eat popcorn and read these comments. Okay. <laughs> Some of them are the thought of, well, they can be f- transformed. They can be reformed. They can change. Okay. Let me start off by saying I've done some really stupid stuff in my life before. Okay. Nothing like this. Okay. Got it. Now you'll get some Christians that'll look at that statement and say, well, Chris, you always say, don't judge people because they sin different than you do. Yeah. Yeah. I do say that. And I mean that, but when you're trafficking kids or you're dressing up little boys like a baby Jesus to molest them. Yeah. I don't know that you can just change. You have a chemical issue in your brain. You have a, you have a mental issue. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. My God is big. I don't know if he's big. I don't even want to say it. That's a big fix y'all to try and fix these guys that are doing this stuff. There's something way deeper, way wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Like something probably happened to them. And we see that a lot too. Abusers were abused. We see that, but it doesn't make it right. Right. Um, it's nuts, man, because who can you trust anymore? Yeah. Well, it's becoming increasingly tough for people to want to chat to trust the church or the pastors or priests. And a couple of years ago, the women's gymnastics team was getting molested by that one doctor. What was his name? Yeah. Nasser. Yes. That's Nasser. Well, we're hearing more of those now. There's more of those stories. The U.S. swimming team, too, had one. Half of the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department is on under indictment for sex trafficking. They can't trust the police. Can't trust the police. I just saw an article this week about a fire um, fire chief, I believe it was a chief or a captain, mm-hmm. who was 
trafficking kids what? in California. Like, That's insane. who do you trust? You can't go to the cops. <laughs> you can't go to the priest. You can, you know, we're taught, you know, as kids, like these are people you can trust. If you're in trouble, right. you go to these people. Nuts. And I'm not, guys, I'm not saying it's every cop and it's every firefighter and it's every priest or pastor or minister. Right. Obviously, because I'm one of those and I'm not doing anything like this. Like, what in the hell has to happen? Like, I, here's my thing. As a Christian, I believe one, one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to destroy this place and start over because we're all such a mess. I'm looking at him like, bro, how much worse does it have to get? <laughs> like, yeah. Just come now, just end us all and, you know, take us, take those of us with you that you want uh, and start fresh because this is a mess. Like, I can't even believe it. And when people say, I would never take my kids to church, how am I supposed to argue that? That's tough. I mean, these three stories are just this week, just this week. And I see stuff like this all the time. And I even get private messages on the board on the page where people are like, Chris, you know, you can't, you really shouldn't post these stories because it does a lot of damage to people or to the faith. And I'm like, no, what does damage to the faith is the actions of these people. Right. It's not what I'm posting. They did it. I really hope that this doesn't rock someone's faith because this is not something that God is purposely doing or purposely no. allowing. And it's just, it's sad to see that no. happen and people to, get turned away from the church yeah it's insane man you hear everything like i tell people all the time it took me 38 years to become a christian because i spent my life around christians and to say that doesn't mean that they were all bad but a lot of them were pretty awful and judgmental and just evil and living double lives and you know thankfully like I have people in my life that are great Christians they're solid people and I have people in my life that aren't Christians at all they're great people yeah right on I have friends in my life that are of different faiths that are great people mm-hmm. um, so God has put great people around me to see you know what humanity should be about <laughs> but man we're seeing more and more of this just vile disgusting ugliness um, and it's just you know, my pastor did a message about it a couple weeks ago. He was talking about, you know, religion versus Jesus. And religion is generally garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about rituals and, um, you know, these ceremonial acts that bring us close to God. It's just being close to God. You have to have a relationship. So that's, that's like, that's what my faith has always been about um, for the last, you know, 10 years that I've had it and just trying to get that figured out and straightened out. Cause there's a lot of people out there trying to destroy it like this. And it's pretty, it's just incredibly sad to see people who you thought you could trust. You absolutely necessarily can't. So absolutely necessarily. That's interesting. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of great ones out there. There's a lot of great ones. How do you discern who's good and who's bad? It's just, it's crazy, man. There's so much going on in the world with religious figures that makes me shake my head. Um, <laughs> a hot topic right now is the whole abortion issue and states outlawing abortion and our state making it more accessible. I think uh, so. For those of you who don't know, we're in Illinois um, and I'm a I'm a very kind of I'm a 
right in the middle as far as politics goes. I don't talk about politics a whole lot because it drums up a lot of ugliness and I'm just, I'm not in the mood to drum up ugliness, but with that said, let's talk about politics. Let's get ugly. <laughs> let's get ugly. So we had a Republican governor, Bruce Rauner, good guy, horrible governor, <laughs> pretty bad. Didn't really do anything. Took like three and a half years to get his first budget passed. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Or was it four years? Yeah, yeah, you got it. It was about three and a half, four years, but you know, he blamed both sides about oh, it. Oh yeah. And then, you know, pretty much pointing the finger at Madigan, which is probably true because he's corrupt and Illinois is extremely corrupt. And has been for a long, long time. Like longer than we've been on this planet. Right. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to just sit here and have you oh he's slamming around or I'm not. It's it was Blagojevich. It was all the guys before him. It was they're all bad, pretty bad. But we got a new one, um Pritzker, who looks like HR Puff and stuff, and there's just endless jokes there. He's a Democrat. He's a pretty strong Democrat. He he leans pretty far that way. Super wealthy family. Super wealthy. Um, pulled all the toilets out of his lakeshore mansion so he didn't have to pay property taxes. I don't know what he did. I mean, did he have porta potties out back or what? But I don't. Whatever. Um, so anyway, he came out with a statement, and this isn't a direct quote because I'll butcher it. I don't have it in front of me, but basically, he said he wanted Illinois to be one of the most abortion-friendly states in the country, right? Um, so there's a lot of people, obviously, that are pretty furious about that. And we, Kyle and I, for those of you listening, we had a, a pretty good talk about this, and um. It's it's a hot topic, right? So people are very passionate about it. Um, one person that's super passionate about it is uh, the head of or the archbishop in Springfield, Illinois. So Mike Madigan is a career politician, um, not a big fan. He's a Democrat, um, and that's not why I'm not a big fan because I'm not. I don't identify as a Republican or, or a Democrat. For those keeping score. Well, Madigan is, is gosh, I'm really trying to be Christian right now. He's just done some really questionable things. Okay. And he's been doing it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, he kind of leads the Democrat. He's the speaker, right? The house speaker in, in Illinois. And he, uh, he led this whole fight and they opened up some more freedoms for abortion stuff, right? Basically said, we're not banning abortion in, in Illinois. Um, and him and John Cullerton is another Republican that was a pretty big figure in that whole fight. I'm trying to find his name. Hang on one second. Give me a second. We're going to see, because this is pretty crazy. Uh, I've never, ever heard of this. Well, it doesn't have his name. So the Catholic bishop in Springfield, Illinois said, no communion for Madigan and Cullerton for supporting abominable Illinois abortion rights bill. Now, I get he's upset. I absolutely do. But you're going to withhold communion from people because you have a different opinion? I don't know how that all works. I've never heard of a priest, pastor, minister, reverend withholding communion from somebody because they had a strong difference of opinion um, on something that they did. I mean, if that was the case, nobody in politics would get communion, right? (laughs) Right. In Illinois, anyway. 
Well, people in general wouldn't be allowed then by this priest because of all the things that they've done wrong or disagree with. And as far as I know, and from what I remember, everyone is welcome. Wow. Well, that's what we say in our church. Everybody's welcome. Doesn't matter your past, present, future. I mean, right. you're, you're welcome to receive communion, right? Um, man, there's so man, many. Maybe we should like phone a pastor. Dude. Oh, right. I would love to get this archbishop on the podcast. It would never happen. He'd take one look at me and be like, yeah, no, bro. <laughs> you don't get communion either. <laughs> you your abominable tattoos. Dang. Um, dude, I don't know, man. Like, when since when does an archbishop get to play God? Not, it's, I'm not saying that I agree with Madigan and all that on the abortion issue, but I'm just saying, like, who who do we, we think we are to be able to make that kind of a call? Right. That's kind of a God thing, right? And I don't, I've never heard of God saying, no, you can't have communion. <laughs> totally. It doesn't say in the Bible, you know, where two or more are present, mm-hmm. unless, you ble- unless you believe in abortion, then you don't count. Well, here, I got into a, I got into a like full on heated argument with a family member who's Catholic, who will remain nameless. And they were really fired up about the abortion thing. And it's not that I disagreed. I, I don't, I'm not okay with, with abortion. And there, we were talking about that a lot before, but um, the law is the law and whatever. I don't know. I'm not a woman. I don't know how I would feel if I was faced with that. I don't know. Okay. So I guess I'm kind of wishy-washy, flip-flop, back and forth, whatever, right? Typical politician. <laughs> but this family member got super, super, super heated about it. Like, couldn't even have a rational conversation about it. And I shouldn't have said this, but I did. And it, I mean, this was just this week. And I said, right, but dressing up two little boys as a baby Jesus and molesting them is okay. And I, I felt bad after I said it because it's like, okay, we're not condemning a whole religion because of the action of one right. mentally ill person. But, like, it would be really nice if we could just have, like, civil conversations about this. I've decided, I decided a long time ago that I don't have to agree with people to like them. Right. You know? And people don't have to agree with me. And that I have a lot of friends that are way more conservative than I am. And that's okay. And I have friends that are way more liberal than me. And that's okay. Um, doesn't mean that I don't like them and we can't hang out. It just means that we don't talk about certain subjects anymore. But I'm not going to deny somebody communion because they think differently than I do. Right. So, I don't know. My brain has kind of been ready to explode on stuff for, like, the whole week, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's such a mess. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I have a friend at my church who is a politician. And he's, so he's a local-level politician in the northwest suburbs. He's a great dude, great guy. And he's thinking about running for like a higher state office. And I asked him, I'm like, why? Like, why would you want to do that? And he really does want to serve his community. And uh, I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it, man. I've had people tell me, they're like, Chris, you should, you should be like a Illinois rep. I'm like, are you crazy? You do not want me representing you. I promise you that. And more importantly, I don't want to have that job because I've had, I've worked with a lot of these politicians and they're miserable people because half the people hate them. Right. And people like my friend, John Anthony was a state rep. He's African-American. 
And he had death threats against him because some of the areas out here, like this area that we live in, used to be a hotbed for the KKK. And a lot of those old boys are still around and their feelings are still the same. And he had people threaten him, his family over, you know, it's like ridiculous. Those people are the worst. Um, And he's no longer involved in politics and he's living a great life now. That's not a way to live. No, I wouldn't. I couldn't do it, man. My skin is way too thin to be in politics. I take everything personally. You have no more hair to lose. I have no more hair. I'd be ripping my eyebrows out (laughs) and I'd look really creepy. So, no, I just, I couldn't do it. I, you know, and I still can't understand why people would. So anyway, enough about that. A lot of people in Illinois got really happy this week because they announced that on January 1st, recreational marijuana will be legal. (laughs) some people were way too happy about that uh but i don't know i mean i don't know i have friends in colorado i've obviously i'm from california where it's legal and i've heard kind of mixed reviews from people in places where recreational pot is legal so it's not my thing but um i know that it's gonna cause some interesting things for law enforcement you know, talking to cops this week, I'm like, oh, how's this change your job? And they're like, drastically, you know, and I'll tell you like, whatever. I, my belief is it's like alcohol, you know, can't do it when you're driving. Right. Um, can't do it. The thing that it's going to be interesting is like workplaces. Cause obviously if you're working, driving, you're driving a forklift, you're driving a truck for a living, whatever you can't, obviously can't do it. Um, so it's going to pose some interesting HR issues. Oh, totally. I mean, even for you guys, you know, if you have someone coming in here under the influence, you probably can't tattoo them. I mean, it's in the code. We can't, in the depart- health department code, we can't tattoo anyway. It's impaired right. in any way, mm-hmm. and nor would I want to. I mean, right. marijuana does horrible things to your skin condition anyway. It's like tattooing rubber. I can always tell oh, really? when I have a client that I'm tattooing that smokes pot because their skin is just horrible. Is it worse than like cigarettes? Uh it's they have to smoke an awful lot of cigarettes, but pot you can always tell. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting way to go. But here's one thing I will say. Okay, I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, I don't smoke pot, but I think it's a great thing because you know we'll get our infrastructure fixed, and our roads, and our bridges, and our schools will benefit." Right? They told us the same thing about the lottery. So and. <laughs> What, how are your kids' schools in Illinois? Mine suck. I'm oh, sorry, but um, we moved to Oswego for the school district and it's gone completely in the tank. There's no money, There's they're raising fees left and right. They cost us well, yeah, like everything is cut back, and the teachers are just having to suffer through it and deal with it. And, you know, oh, yeah, it's going to be great for our schools. No, it's not. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, whatever. It's legal now. So there's nothing we can do about it. It's going to be interesting to see over the next few years once it is legal on January 1st. I I have a friend of mine who is a community activist on the south side of Chicago. He's an African-American man. Great guy. Does great work. And he posted about the the whole recreational marijuana becoming legal thing. And... I read the comments on that for like two hours and people were like, Oh yeah. Now, now the white man has found a way to make money on marijuana. Come on. Come on. Okay. Then they would, these same folks that posted stuff like that would post, 
well, what about all the uh, hundreds of thousands of people that are in prison for selling pot, pot and what, you know, this and that, they need to be let out or this is BS. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me get this straight. When they committed their crimes, let's say they're a drug dealer and they're selling pot, okay? When they committed that crime, that was illegal, right? Oh, yeah? Oh, they should stay in prison. Right. Okay, sorry. Like, just because it becomes legal now doesn't mean it's okay then. You know, like, right. you committed the crime, you got to pay your time, you know? I mean, give me a break. So, Is it ridiculous that we pay $70,000 a year per inmate to house them? Yes. Right. There's other ways to punish somebody besides putting them in prison right. for nonviolent um, being in possession of a very small amount of marijuana. I agree with that. We could talk about that all day, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more as it gets closer to January. But um, something else that came up this last few weeks, I guess, since we've been gone is I've seen a number of people. Let me say this to start. Kyle and I, big Game of Thrones fans until like maybe the last couple episodes. Still a fan. <laughs> okay. Still I still loved it. Okay. Still liked it. I love the show. All right. With that said, I've, I have received numerous messages from people, emails, phone calls, mostly emails though, because people are, aren't brave enough to talk to me about it. Um, whatever. And Christine Kane, somebody who I really respect a lot, put out a story about this that she wrote that I could not disagree with more. You could agree with it. That's fine. We'll agree to disagree. But basically her story said, if you want to stop trafficking, stop watching Game of Thrones and pornography. All right. Let me start off by saying Stop watching pornography? Absolutely. If you're really going to equate Game of Thrones to pornography, I'm sorry. I just, I can't buy it, okay? Well, either haven't seen porn. Right. Or you're just completely, I don't know if the right word is uptight, but... Off the rails. Yeah, off the rails was a nice one. At the thought of, or the sight of nudity. Right. Nudity, not porn. Yeah. Was there nudity in Game of Thrones? Yes, absolutely there was. Um, was there brothels in Game of Thrones? Yes, there was. Um, was it gratuitous sex? No. I, it wasn't porn, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. And I will tell you this as somebody who watched every single episode of Game of Thrones, some of them more than once, it never, ever once made me want to go out and purchase sex. Ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, porn, I can see the connection between porn and trafficking. We've talked about that numerous times before because porn does give people unrealistic expectations of relationships and they go seek out what they don't have in their relationship. And it leads people to, to things, some people, not all people, um, but stop with comparing Game of Thrones to porn and saying if you watch Game of Thrones, you're more likely to go buy sex because that is absolutely ridiculous. And that statement alone is pure hot garbage. And it's over now anyway, so move on. It'll, it'll move on to whatever the next show is, you know? And I mean, are these people sitting there like, oh, man, I just saw a woman's breast. Oh, yeah, right. The fire burns inside. Right. And, you know... 
did it did here's the thing people said well was that the nudity and all that stuff really necessary to the storyline i don't know i mean could it have been done without it yeah it could have did people watch it for that if they if they did they've got other issues you know whatever i didn't yeah and that's called porn well Right, they're addicted to porn, and they're looking for any kind of nudity, and that's that's totally not why I watched Game of Thrones. Obviously, anybody that knows me knows that. They never, I don't think they ever showed those brothels in a positive light. No. I, really, I mean, usually somebody left the brothel and got killed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, at the same token, other people, uh, religious folk, were like, I can't believe you watch Game of Thrones. They murder people. It's gratuitous violence. And I'm like, oh, Lord. I watched the UFC, too. What else you want to attack me on? You know, like, come on. Give me a break. I never, first of all, I never claimed to be a perfect person. And if you think that watch, me watching Game of Thrones and the UFC is a problem, then you probably shouldn't be a fan of what I do anyway. So God bless you. You're, bless your little heart. If you're going to condemn me, for anything, then I probably don't want to hang with you anyway. Like, seriously. Condemn me for not bringing the garbage cans from the street. Yeah. Yeah. Condemn me for not putting the toilet seat down. Next. I mean... I mean, at least you have a point. I was lazy in leaving the garbage cans <laughs> on the street, and Chris chose to leave the seat up. Well, I do now, because my wife of 25 years really had a passionate argument for why I should put the toilet seat down, so... I don't know. I just get so tired of being judged by people. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, like a serial killer or something. Somebody's always sending me some kind of hate mail or message for something. I'm like, y'all, y'all can't do anything to upset me. I almost died like twice in the last seven months. So God bless you. Like party on, move on to your next victim. <laughs> right. With that, um, I wanted to talk about this cause it's not a surprise. We've talked about this before and we'll talk about it more later but shootings are on the rise in chicago um 50 i think it was like 51 people got shot last weekend alone and of course uh we have a new mayor Lori lightfoot in chicago here's what i heard chicago's first openly gay mayor was sworn into office like who cares like whatever dude live your life like i don't care that she's gay I don't care that she's African-American. Like, she's the new mayor of Chicago. Like, whatever. You know, she is, you know, she's Lori Lightfoot. And I don't, I don't know a lot about her. I know that she's not Tony Preckwinkle, and I would have voted for Lori Lightfoot because Tony Preckwinkle was a mess, in my opinion. But with that said, one obviously, Mayor of Chicago, one of her big topics is shutting down the the gangs and, you know, stopping the gun violence in Chicago. And we all know as soon as the temperature goes above 70, it's on in Chicago. And it is, man. It's like the last three weekends, it's been ridiculous. And the Chicago PD can try and spin it however they want. Their numbers are not down. Their deaths are not down. The shootings are not down. Um, they post this ridiculous stuff on Facebook. Oh, we took another two guns off of the streets today. I'm like, bravo, golf clap, two guns. There's tw- there's 200,000 more of them that are illegal guns in Chicago, you know? Um, well, here's the disappointing thing, and I don't know this about Lori Lightfoot. I have not tried to reach out to her and her team yet. I will. Here's what has greatly disappointed me about my inroads with Chicago ministries, government, police over the last couple of years is 
They look at me and say, you don't know anything about how to stop violence in Chicago. You're white. Like, bravo, guys. You're right. I'm a white guy. I couldn't possibly know how to stop violence, which is the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard in my life. So I get blown off. I've been blown off by Rahm Emanuel, Jesse Jackson, uh, numerous community activists, and Andrew Holmes. Oh, he stirs up crap. He's like, he's the nonviolent um, Al Sharpton is what he is. So I'm getting tired of trying and expending energy to try and help do it. And that's sad to me because I want to do it and I want it to happen. I grew up in Los Angeles in the 80s and 90s. I know a little bit of stuff about gang violence. Um, I have 17 dead friends that were involved in all that. You know, if I was running for mayor, which, like I said, I would never run for political office, that would be my my campaign slogan. Hey, Chicago, get your shit together. Uh, it's, you know, it's a horrible problem, and it's only going to get worse. It's June. It's We're recording this in the second weekend of June. And you know, or you could go with the Madden from the Cubs, uh, try, try not, not to, to suck. suck. Yeah. And also kind of along the same lines, we've seen a huge increase in the number of missing kids in and around Chicago. And, you know, some are being kidnapped, some are running away, some are being lured away. And, you know, you know, we hold social media safety classes for free and we get like five people that show up. But all these parents have their kids with cell phones and it's summer and now they have all this extra time on their hands. And trying to get people to agree to do a social media safety event is hard. So it's ridiculous. And I'd rather teach these kids how to be safe. I'd rather have that than their parents reaching out to me saying, hey, my kid's missing. Can you help find him? And the sad thing to me is like, I really feel like I've been gone. I was gone for seven months with this illness. And I did some things while I was sick, but there was a lot of things I couldn't do. And it feels like people just forgot about stuff while I was gone. I'm like, dude, this didn't stop because I was sick. Like, let's get it together and figure this out. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm back to work. I'm buried. I feel like I'm, you know, underwater. I'm never going to be able to get my head above water. So, um, but we're back to work. So that's the important thing. We're going to kind of close things up on a light topic because it's been a pretty heavy day. Uh, so when Kyle came in, or Kyle had sent me a couple of texts this week about um, our friend Brian Welch from Corn, And I've been friends with Brian for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. And he's a, he's a really good friend. He's a really solid, solid Christian. I love his views on a lot of things. We don't agree on everything, obviously, but... Um, there's a lot of things about his faith and his journey that I really, really love and I really respect. I love this dude as a brother. He's phenomenal. Uh, but Kyle sent me a message and said, hey, did you see that Head was on Huckabee, Mike Huckabee's show? And I don't watch Mike Huckabee's show, but I did because I was texting with Brian uh, a couple weeks ago. He told me he was going to be on it with his daughter, Jenea, talking about their documentary, which is called Loud Crazy Love. And if you... If you like corn, you like Brian, or you're just interested in a story, which is fascinating. It's awesome. You should check it out. It's actually going to be out on iTunes in the next couple of weeks, I believe. It's being released. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's called Loud Crazy Love. You should definitely check it out. It's all about when he quit corn and went to raise his daughter and the whole struggle that ensued with all that. Really interesting story and his drug use in the past and all that. Yep, it's awesome. Um, So anyway, Brian was on Huckabee's show. He's Brian's a pretty, well, not pretty strong. He's an extremely strong Republican guy. And that's what we disagree on a lot of the times. (laughs) But that's okay. Uh, Like I said, I fall right in the middle. But... uh, he went on Huckabee's show, and I didn't know. I thought they were just going to interview, and I know he's been on his show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And Mike Huckabee said to him the last time he was on, he's like, "Hey, we got to play music together sometime." And Brian laughed it off because he mm-hmm. didn't know that this guy played music. I guess he's a bass player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so Mike Huckabee has Brian and Janaea on. <laughs> And says, hey, remember when you said we'll play music together? And Brian's kind of laughing like, "Uh, yeah. And he's like, well, we're going to do that today. And Brian's, you know, Brian's like, yeah, cool. We'll do it. Whatever. If they go on and this blew me away. I didn't. First of all, I didn't even know Mike Huckabee could play music. And I don't really know. I don't know how good he is. (laughs) It was was pretty funny, though, because he's sitting there with the, the, the bass and then he has the. The, yeah. the music stand with the with the notes, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason why, because I'm guessing, dude doesn't play corn music often, <laughs> right? He's probably playing, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know because the Bible tells me so, which whatever. But he, they get up, and Brian's got his, you know, his signature, you know, flamed out purple ESP seven string guitar, beautiful guitar, and Huckabee's there with a bass. And they go into playing Blind, which is one of the Korn's biggest songs. If you don't know, we're going to play it here in a second to close everything out. But this dude is jamming out with Brian <laughs> playing bass. And somewhere Fieldy was watching the video, just like ripping his dreads out. <laughs> like, no. But he, it wasn't bad. Dude was pretty good. Yeah. So, you know what? God bless him for being open-minded and doing something fun. But uh, it was pretty funny. So... Hey, have a great week, guys. I know this was a heavy one. We'll, we'll try and lighten things up if the world will. So have a great week. Go out and bless somebody, and uh, we'll close this out. With Brian and Huckabee. Take care. You see, we're on a mission from God. Brian, i got to tell our audience something. About five and a half, six years ago, you and I first met. Yes. I interviewed you, and I said then, hey, we got to do music together sometime. Remember that? Yes. And you said you would do it. Yes. You will still do it, right? Yes. Okay, okay. I realize that when the two of us are on stage together, it may not look like that we actually blend, but we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do.